Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your number one destination for sports news, analysis and discussion. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Fuyu and Yang Guang. And today, we will be chatting about the MotoGP season. And Yang Guang, I'll start with you. What do you think about the MotoGP season so far? Has it been exciting or has it been predictable? And have there been any surprises that you can speak of? Yeah, the competition so far has been tense with so many riders contesting for the top place almost every race. And the championship race is also wide open. Um, I mean, look at the table. Um, defending champion Fabio Quintuaro is now leading the rider standings, but it's just a little margin there between him and his chases. He now leads second place Danixi Espargaro by just 22 points. And third place, the Francesca Bagnania, 49 points. So we are pretty much seeing an open field here. And uh, it should be very exciting to watch race by race. The championship fights may go down to the wire, like how last season's Formula One ended with the final race and the final lap. But um, I have to say, after Marc Marquez... I haven't seen a rider dominating the race or just um, showing a higher level of capabilities. We are seeing an intense battlefield, but perhaps not really a top competitive season. I have a theory here in MotoGP. I do believe that um, the rider's influence on the race is bigger than their motorbikes or their factory. Um, it's a kind of a different between MotoGP and the Formula One. In Formula One, the cars play a more decisive role there in the competition. That's why Sebastian Vettel slid that much when he transferred from Ferrari to Aston Martin. Uh, in MotoGP, overtaking is easier, and the riders need to use their bodies to balance the bike uh, while maintaining a high speed. We know how close riders are to the ground when they pass the corners, so MotoGP riders need more driving techniques. Um, mm. I've been talking a little far there, but uh, the point is, um, I would say Marquez is now the most talented rider in MotoGP, and it's shameful that um, he has to cope with uh, injury issues and cannot race properly, as he did three or four years ago. Um, I mean, the rest of the grid would be terrified if Marquez returns to the track. And we will see the bar set quite high again for riders to compete for the title. Um, Plus, 2022 world champion Juan Mian is set to join Honda next year, though it's not official yet, but uh, imagine he will ride alongside Marquez. My guess is that... um, they would be the title favorite for 2023. And uh, this year, 2022, is kind of, I have to admit it, that it's kind of a dull season. Um, in terms of the biggest surprise, no doubt, as Bergaro and Team Aprilian shocked everyone. This combination yeah. had never even won a race five months ago, but uh, here they are sitting as the runner-up on the table. But um, it's still to see um, if they really are strong enough to beat Quantraro and Yamaha. Um, earlier this month at the Silverstone, they showed some consistency issues. Um, it would be 
a great chance to make an overtake in the standings when Quintero finished eighth, but unfortunately they ended up in ninth.、Uh, but their performances have been、um, impressive enough to win the most improved award if they this one at this stage. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. And look, the fact that you know, like you said, Marquez has you know struggled with injuries recently and is still maintaining. A relatively consistent level of performance is really impressive, and there have been one or two surprises from certain factories and drivers this season. And you know, I guess a lot of the season has been relatively predictable. But as it progresses and we reach the final stages, hopefully things remain very competitive and things go down to the wire, particularly when it comes to the you know the overall results come the end of the season. But for you, just turning to you.、Um, Do you tend to agree with Yang Guang's assessment of the season so far?、Um, yes, I think both of you have summed up summed it up quite well. From my perspective, if you look at the table, there's no surprise really. Defending champion Fabio Quartararo is dominating the championship standings, so no surprises whatsoever in that regard. But but he is in that position on the Yamaha, which is still behind in top speed compared with teams such as、um, Ducati and Aprilia.、Um, but Quattararo made up for that with his bike handling skills. So here I agree with what Yang Guang said. In MotoGP,、um, the riders play a more important role,、um, whereas in Formula One, the the car is more decisive. Uh, for Quattararo, his his turns when I mean when he goes in curves, it seemed so smooth and the lines are seamless. So that bought him back some precious time and some valuable points in the championship fight.、Um, and apart from the rider, is also an exciting season in many other ways.、Um, this season, there's a record twenty one races on the calendar. Also, there's no Valentino Rossi, and Mark Marquez is back in action in Austria this weekend. So he will. Let, let's wait and see if he will blow all the other riders out of the water. And also,、um, it's said that this will be the last season for Suzuki.、Um, although it's always sad to say goodbye to a team with such a long history and、um, such a successful team in MotoGP. It's always good to see the new generations growing up and taking over the sport. So there's a lot more to this sport than just what happens on the track. Yeah, and I think in particular this season, I think、um, you know there's been a lot of development in terms of you know past riders kind of you know taking a bit of a backseat and you know up and comers really taking the reins and you know taking the sport forward. For you, just staying with you, and of course, speaking from a Chinese perspective, is MotoGP, in your opinion, popular in China? And in China, which current and past riders or factories have been the most popular?、Mm, well, this is an interesting question.、Um, MotoGP is known as Formula One on two wheels in China, but、um, ironically, it doesn't enjoy the same popularity here as Formula One does. I think、mm. largely because of a lack of promotion and the absence of Chinese riders.、Um, right. Before Zhou Guanyu, there weren't as many Chinese people watching F1, and there were even less before the inaugural Chinese Grand Prix in 2004. So it's obvious how influential an individual can be for a sport that 
that's yet to open the Chinese market. Um, like in other sports, we've seen examples of Zhou Guanyu for Formula One, Yao Ming for basketball in China. But there was Chinese presence in MotoGP. It was actually in China for a few years until 2008. Um, and back then, it was held at the same circuit that hosts Formula One in Shanghai. But the sport still doesn't have a big following in China, I think because there are many restrictions to motorcycles in China and modifications or racing is not a culture here. So that combined with the lack of Chinese involvement makes it a lot less appealing than other sports. Yeah, you know, even in South Africa, um, and this is something we've discussed in previous podcasts, you know, the influence of certain individuals and teams that are successful from a certain country that make that particular sport popular in that country. MotoGP, I would say, is a little bit more popular in South Africa than it is in China. I think there's a, a definite subculture in South Africa where there's a lot of people that are very into motorbikes and, you know, motorbike racing. There are South African riders competing this season. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, with the emergence of Darren and Brad Bender, um, all of a sudden MotoGP became very popular in South Africa and became watched on a weekly basis and has possibly even become more popular than Formula One in South Africa purely because of the success of, you know, the Bender brothers in MotoGP. I mean, look, they're not um, winning races, the two of them, um, but they're generally finishing in the mid-table, you know, sections. So just from a South African perspective, it's been very exciting to um, see our local boys representing South Africa on the global stage. And it'll be interesting to see if that does happen for for China in the future and have an impact, like you said, like Yao Ming did for basketball and Zhou Guanyu for Formula One and other sports that have seen um, a rise in China. Yang Guang, would you agree with Fuyu's assessment of MotoGP's popularity in China? Yes, I tend to agree. And uh, but uh, first of all, good job, South Africa. Um, I'm I'm literally yeah. jealous. Um, I'd say if we have not two brothers, just one rider competing in MotoGP, we would have tens of millions of followers watching yeah. watching the race. Every weekend, this would be a huge thing for Chinese fans. Uh, but uh, for now, MotoGP is still, I would say, secondary compared to Formula One. Uh, we have a Formula One race, though it's not been uh, contested this year due to, this year due to the pandemic. Uh, like Fuyu said, Shanghai held actually held MotoGP races between 2005 and 2008, but then dropped it because of um, fewer than expected spectators and other issues. So now I would say MotoGP is still growing in terms of popularity in China, as not so many people know about it, actually. But um, there's solid fan base, actually, in China with a group of uh, motorcycle enthusiasts watching MotoGP races at weekends. Not so many but there have there have been uh, these groups of people. Lots of interactions are seen in the MotoGP community online, and now Marquez has the most number of followers. But what mm. made MotoGP known by many fans in China was still Valentino Rossi. Uh, I guess he's yeah. also the reason many people started to pay attention to MotoGP and watch this sport around the globe. 
To me, he's like、um, the Michael Jordan of MotoGP, who,、um, to a large extent,、uh, promote the sport to the world. Actually, Rossi took the title at the last、uh, Chinese Grand Prix in 2008 in Shanghai.、Um, last year, when he announced retirement,、um, so many fans in China took to social media to write about him. Uh, making farewell to him in their own way.、Um, some Chinese fans also call him and give him a nickname of Monkey King, as he very much resembles <laughs> the Chinese mythical hero.、Um, he's a true legend, and、um, if there's only one who can represent MotoGP, I'd say、um, it's him.、Uh, not only in China, but the rest of the world. Yeah,、um, it, it's funny how Yang Guang compared Valentino Rossi to Michael Jordan. I thought he was going to say Michael Schumacher in <laughs> Formula One.、Uh, I I think it's even more remarkable that Valentino Rossi achieved his、uh, achievements, winning nine titles on two wheels, which is a sport that,、um, like we said, relies more on the rider. Rather、mm. than the vehicle, and it's unfathomable that someone was able to win the overall championship so many times. Also, apart from Rossi himself, the frenemy relationship between himself and Mark Marquez over the last few years, whether it's on or off the track, is also something Chinese fans always love to talk about.、Mm. Yeah, I think it became a global.、Um... You know, a rivalry that was watched globally, and、um, just speaking about Valentino Rossi and you know his impact on the sport and taking it global. I think the comparison to Michael Jordan is fairly apt. You know, they take you get certain individuals in certain sports that kind of take sports that weren't necessarily global beforehand. I mean, look, they had a certain level of popularity, but not necessarily on a worldwide stage. And because of their success and their dominance, they kind of. Take things to the next level, and they become a representative, a sole representative of sports. So, for example, like Tiger Woods for golf, Floyd Mayweather in the last decade for boxing, Roger Federer、yeah. for tennis. Even if you don't follow or understand the sport, when you see someone just standing head and shoulders above everybody else, you know, and they're competing against top class athletes, but are still dominating year after year. It's something to be respected, even if you don't follow the sport. And I think Valentino Rossi is one of those figures. And Yang Guang, just staying with you, are there any Chinese riders that you are aware of right now that potentially have the chance of making it into MotoGP in the near future?、Um, currently, we do not have a MotoGP、um, race racer from China、um, in the three divisions. We don't have any riders competing, though. China does have a factory called CF Moto competing in Moto3.、Um, it started racing a MotoGP only this year with two young Spanish riders.、Um, it's the first Chinese team in MotoGP since the competition turned to the、uh, 250cc level.、Um, at the second race of 2022 in Indonesia, one of the riders, Carlos Tati. Finished third and won CF Moto, the first points of the Moto Three competition.、Um, in history, there was a Chinese a Chinese rider competing in Moto GP, but very briefly.、Um, Huang Shijiao, he raced in 2003 in a 250cc Malaysia contest.、Um, I don't know what division that was,、uh, but he 
did finish 19th in that race as a wild card racer,、uh, becoming the first Chinese to ride on MotoGP track. In the 2005 Shanghai race, another Chinese rider, He Zixian, represented Yamaha to compete and finished 20th.、Uh, that's the only two Chinese riders on record to ever take part in MotoGP races.、Um, of course, we are now. Very much hoping to see more Chinese riders appear on the MotoGP tracks, especially now we、yeah. have a a driver racing in Formula One、uh, with the Chinese team now on the MotoGP stage. I believe it will fast track the process of、um, nurturing a Chinese rider. I know there have been、um, programs and、uh, training camps in China to、uh, find more motorcycle talents. Um, and、uh, from my research, I found a name that may become a hit in the future. Sun Shengbo, a ten-year-old boy from China, he won a racing title in the kids group in Portugal and、uh, finished second in a junior race in Spain this year. He's now among a batch of young motorcycle prospects under professional training in China. Um, and some of them are now in Europe to receive the top-tier training there. Okay, so it sounds like you know, combined with the emergence of the Chinese factory, and some of the up-and-coming talents from the very young stages,、um, there could be some potential for Chinese success in MotoGP in the future. Fu Yu, do you think that、um, a couple of the points that Yang Guang mentioned, do you think that might lead to success、um, and just the appearance of Chinese、um, riders in MotoGP in maybe the The distant future, maybe in the next, you know, ten to fifteen years or so.、Um, yes. First of all, a little bit, a, li- a bit of follow up to what information Yang Guang just offered.、Um, alongside CF Moto, there's another Chinese team, Qianjiao Motorcycle or QJ Motor for short. Uh, is also racing in Moto3 this season, and、uh, this factory team has launched a campaign aimed at nurturing young talents in China.、Um, this project, called the QJGP, has already visited several Chinese cities, including Shanghai and Wuhan. And like Yang Guang said, they have discovered a ten-year-old rider. Who has already won races in his age category in Europe?、Um, so I'm I'm sure this Young Riders Academy will offer a lot of resources to young riders like Sun Shengbo, and he may become MotoGP's equivalent to Zhou Guanyu in Formula One,、um, becoming the first Chinese rider to compete in the top class of motorcycle racing. Or it might be someone else from China. I think whoever it is, the most important thing is that there are breakthroughs and the sport is developing in China, and there is a future for the sport here. Yeah, definitely sounds like from a couple of the points that、um, yourself and Yang Guang have mentioned that there's definitely some strides being taken forward to the development of MotoGP. You know, not just、um, individual drivers, but you know, in the factory section as well. So. Hopefully, you know one or two of the names that we've mentioned do continue on and have a future in the sport. But like you said, who knows? We may see a new name、um, breaking through 
in the near future in MotoGP to represent China. So hopefully we do see something like that um, yeah. sooner rather than later. And if we count on Sun Bo's generation or kids around his age, I think we may have to wait for a few more years. But mm. around 10 years old, I think it's a good age for a young yes. rider to, to start to to start to develop. Yeah, there's definitely some hope there. And I think, like you said, um, you know, the, the younger that these kids start, particularly in China, the better. I mean, for example, you know, in Europe and Formula One, I mean, the likes of Lewis Hamilton, I think some of these guys started driving before they even started walking. So the more the more <laughs> development we see from a young age um, in the MotoGP sport in China, I think that will benefit China more. And Yang Guang, um, just sticking with MotoGP and this season, have there been any riders that have really impressed you so far? And um, who would you say are the favourites for Austria this weekend? For this season, I would say there's still no single rider who really stands out as the most impressive one. After I watched um, Marquez competing for years. Um, Ducati's Francesca Bagnania won four races this season. I would say he might be the rider of the season so far, but he also needed to work on his consistency as um, for as many as four races. He even didn't finish retiring the race midway through. And in Indonesia, he finished the 15th um, Ducati's satellite rider Inia Bastianini is also a surprise this year. Uh, with three race wins, but overall, I still believe um, Quattraro will maintain his lead to the end. He might um, not be able to take victory or stand on the podium even at every race, but uh, his marks have been very steady. He never finished out of 10th position this season, and he retired the race only once in the Netherlands. So if there's only one pick for the potential winner of 2022, I would cast all my votes to him. Um, for this weekend, as I said, I still predict it would be an open field. And mm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that um, any of the names we talked about um, could clinch the title. But if we look at the track, there are some sharp corners that might trigger some errors of riders and uh, this track in Austria is a true test for the consistency throughout the race for the competitors this weekend uh, so I would say Quattraro has a relatively bigger chance of winning uh, considering his quality. Yeah it seems like consistency has been an issue plaguing um, the sport this season and Quattraro is one of those names that, you know one of the very few names that has been very consistent this season. So I, I tend to agree with you there that he is probably the favorite for this weekend, um, just considering his consistency. But, you know, because it has been such an inconsistent season, anything can happen this weekend. So it'll be very interesting to watch. And then for you, just finally, um, from your side, who would you say are the favorites come the end of the season? Uh, first of all, we have to mention defending champion Fabio Quattararo. Yeah. He, I think that consistency is also another factor um, that saw him leading the drivers' champion, the riders' championship so far. Um, but challenging that title might be Alex Espargaro, who at the start mm. of the season, few people would think he'd be contending for the championship. And look where he is now. He's second overall. 
um, after his breakthrough maiden race win in Argentina this season, he seems to have found the magic. And he also has a fast bike. And he is experienced. So between him and Quattararo, it comes down to whether a rider with better bike handling skills can beat a rider on a faster bike or vice versa. And as long as Espargaro doesn't repeat his blunder in Catalonia, I think things will become very interesting between these two riders at the top of the standings. Yeah, it should be a close battle between those two riders. But like we've you know, all been saying throughout this pod, you know, consistency has been such an issue. So I think that adds to the excitement of the season. And in the second half of the season, it's still pretty much an open playing field and anything can happen. So I think that should make it very exciting for hard MotoGP fans and just general sports fans to keep an eye on the sport. But that is all we have time for on this week's pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will, of course, be back next week to talk again about our next topic.